0: of Sailor Snacking, the podcast where we talk about the 1990s Sailor Moon anime, and we have a yummy snack, I hope. Uh, I'm Jen, and as always, I am joined by Tracy. Hello, listeners. So Tracy, why don't you tell us about what we're eating this time?
1: So today, we are going to have um, Hanami Dango. So these are the sweet little buns that give... Uh, Usagi, her nickname from Mamoru, so the little buns on her head, are Dango.
0: Dango Atama.
1: <laughs> yeah. All so the Japanese exciting. I know is from Sailor Moon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All the Japanese I know is from anime. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And today for the second part of this amazing uh, two-part Sailor Moon section uh we also have karina coming back so thanks for coming back karina thanks for having me uh anything you want to report on sailor moon events since the last time we talked uh i don't I'm imagine still... that's happened.
2: no <laughs> i'm still just continuing to buy anything with moons and stars on that i can find on the internet my collection is getting quite fast at this point and i'm quite happy with it
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh so today we are going to watch Episodes 35 and Episodes 36. Uh, 35 is Returning Memories, Usagi and Mamoru's Past. And Episode 36, uh, Usagi's Confusion, is Tuxedo Mask Evil? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that. So we'll start with uh, episode 35. Now, this is the second half of the one that we talked about last time, uh, where we ended episode uh, 34 with uh, Sailor Moon being revealed to be Princess Serenity. And now we get to see a little bit more about their past. We hear about learn about the Silver Millennium and uh, sort of what happened. We don't really know exactly what happened yet. Um, What did you guys think about these? I was
2: really surprised that we didn't get into more of the history because I was never familiar with it and did a little bit of research on YouTube, aka watched some videos for Crystal and uh, the original version and talked about the manga. And I don't know why we didn't get more backstory. We spent so much time building up these girls and with introducing the Sailor Scouts and then just kind of rushed through the backstory of why they're all here. I know, it's so sad.
1: I mean, it wasn't even, like, much of a montage. It's pretty much just Artemis being like, let me tell you a little story about how you guys are heroes, and that's the end. That was very sad.
0: Yeah, so did... uh, So Artemis obviously already knew about the past before this part, uh, and he was like, oh, Luna, your memories are back. She's like, yes, they are. So he already knew. Did Sailor Venus already know?
1: So I was confused, because I was like, okay, why is he just, like, being this jerk knowing Mm -hmm. everything and then just waiting for them to figure it out themselves. He sounds like, I don't, I
2: don't know, like a really bad teacher.
0: (laughs) It's the dramatic big reveal.
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah. I've got to say, I was not a huge fan of Artemis from the English dub in the nineties. And I don't really like him in the original Japanese either.
0: Now. uh, Okay. To play the devil's advocate. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm thinking maybe Artemis Knew a little bit more about the past, but still didn't know who the princess was. So, like, parts of his memory came back enough to know that they were looking for the princess and enough to kind of remember what happened to the Silver Millennium, but not who the princess was. And then when Sailor Moon was revealed as the princess, it all came back to him and he's like, Oh, now I'm going to tell you all what I already knew. I don't know.
1: Okay, but like, I'm trying to give obvious... him the benefit of the doubt. There's obviously a lot more details, and I guess maybe they just don't know about it yet, because it's, he just gives, like, this very vague story. Hey, you guys, like, protect the queen. Um, but, like, there's so much more than that. Like, why are they being attacked? And why do they have to be reincarnated? And, yeah, it just kind of left things really open-ended.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, Agreed. Like,
1: think that they would continue something in the next episode, but nope, it's just, like, business as usual.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. I really uh, love that as soon as Princess, as soon as Serena, or uh, Usagi turns into Princess Serenity, her, like, eyes are closed. She's not even, like, paying attention. She just holds up the crystal and, like, knocks Zoisite halfway across the room.
1: That was badass. That was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It was. I was, like, literally doesn't even open her eyes. She's just like, meh. <laughs> For I kind of feel bad for sight. I mean, I know he's a he's a jerk, and I know, but I know, I still kind of feel bad for him.
1: So I'm really surprised um, with how much Kunzite kind
0: of mourns Zoisite. Same, yeah. We had when Karina and I were watching this yesterday, we had a bit of a discussion about that because. You know, we've kind of talked about the warp feelings, the warped relationships in the Dark Kingdom. And we were like, does Kunzite really care for Zoicite? Or is he just, is Kunzite just using mm-hmm. Zoicite for his own purposes?
1: That's what I thought. But it seems like it's not the case in this episode because mm-hmm. he even, like, asks, you know, he even says to Queen Beryl that he takes full responsibility for this and that doesn't seem like something that someone in the dark kingdom would do like take the fall
0: for someone else it's de- definitely not kunzite yeah uh, and, and
2: before generals this has not been their relationship either they have always been about selling each other out so when he did that i was really surprised to see that mm-hmm. like he's been so ambivalent towards zoocyte and manipulating zoocyte and how tender and kind he was when Zoicite died was just
0: not the relationship that we've seen. I mean, he was. Kunzite still didn't reciprocate when Zoesite said that he loved him. Right. He just said, please forgive me. But again, he is obviously showing that emotion. He's giving Zoicite his last wish to die a beautiful death, which apparently means surrounded by flowers, which I thought was like so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then when Kunzai goes after the Sailor Scouts, he is pissed. Yeah. So obviously, mm. there was some emotion attached uh, that Kunzai had for Zoe's site, and you don't really see it until this point. I
2: think one of the things for me that I am a little disappointed in now that I know there is a backstory with the generals is that there is such a great backstory in the manga and that we see that apparently you see in Crystal, but it's not in this version. And I know Genevieve you and I had a discussion about that yesterday, about how the focus is really on the Sailor Scouts and the good guys. But I feel like if you're going to go and show all these things, having that little bit of backstory would have helped a bit.
0: Yeah, so... Um... In the manga, and I guess in Crystal, I haven't watched Crystal, but definitely in the manga, uh, the four generals of the Negev, or the Dark Kingdom, were Prince Endymion's generals in their past lives. So Jedi, Nephlite, Zoysite, and Kunzite uh, were basically the Earth equivalents of the Sailor Scouts to Endymion. Really? Um, yeah. And what happened is when uh, the Moon Kingdom... When Beryl decides with Queen Battalia to attack the Moon Kingdom, she basically brainwashes the four generals and uh, uses them as her dark generals, which is kind of like the ultimate betrayal for Endymion. Um, in the manga, it says here, I, I guess around this time in the manga, it says Kunzite remembers that he was Endymion's guardians. Uh, I don't think that happens until Kunzite dies in the manga, but it's been a while. Um but yeah, he actually... And then in the manga, Endymion ends up... Or Darian ends up using uh, the General's kind of, like, memories. Like, he can almost contact their spirits and he uses them a little bit to talk to. Not a lot. But yeah, it does add that extra layer of depth and and gravitas and tragedy to the story. But I think that in the anime, what they're trying to do is just keep it all about Sailor Moon and the girls. And they want to make sure that, yes, there are boys, but they're not important. <laughs> Mm
1: -hmm. Definitely, I get that So I want to talk a little bit about And not too long, but like What the hell does Sailor Mercury say When she's trying to get them out of the building Because she's like It doesn't make any sense Because she's like Well, the three-dimensional space that we were in Isn't connected to the two-dimensional space That we are in And then she's she's talking about polarity And I'm like, they
2: What? Yeah, I
0: think that's the point, is that you're supposed to just go, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think she's just smarter than the rest of us, even though none of that seems to make any sense scientifically with my limited knowledge. It makes absolutely no sense, even
1: to anyone who would have a background in, like, physics.
0: It's like Star Trek, where they're just, like, (laughs) add Star Trek science mumbo-jumbo in this part. I'm just so
1: sad. Like, they could have used, like, a, a little bit of research Instead of just mm-hmm. talking like, you know, like a, a drunk guy at the bar. <laughs> 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 I'm a real, I'm a real sci- scientist. And then we we buy you a
0: drink. We gotta get out of the two dimensions and back <laughs> to the three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let, let me help you with a Vika a like chat. <laughs>
2: Uh, Um, Am I the only one that does think it's a little interesting That um, Mamoru's been stabbed twice In the past 48 hours Like he gets stabbed a lot I mean he gets stabbed again later this season Yeah, He's
0: going to have some wicked scars He got stabbed previously Didn't he I thought he had been stabbed before I think he's
2: just the second stabbing
0: I gotta look at yeah. my notes now because I was pretty sure he got stabbed before. <laughs>
2: uh, I did want to touch as well too on the Princess Serenity dress. So I know Genevieve, you've mentioned numerous times in the podcast before about the creator for the manga, her love of fashion, and it's something I've always noticed. But I didn't realize Princess Serenity's dress was actually based off of a 1992 Christian Dior dress. Um, it's actually called the Palladium dress, and it's beautiful. you can. It is gorgeous. You can definitely see when you look at the dress. And if you just Google like Sailor Moon Sarni dress, it comes up pretty quickly. It is pretty much for the top half, other than the addition of the yellow identical. They did take a few liberties with the bottom of the skirt. And I couldn't find pictures of the back of the dress. So I think they took a few liberties there. But you can definitely see that that dress is 100%, without a doubt, the inspiration for it. Um The dress, when you look at the actual one, it's actually based off of Greek architecture, specifically a Corinthian column. The dress very much looks like that. They did make the bottom of the dress a bit more flowy than the original dress, which I do like that for Sailor Moon. I think it just makes it that little bit more youthful. And I did actually find some similarities as well, too. I don't know if anyone noticed um, Princess Beatrice of England recently got married a few months ago. And her dress is actually a vintage dress from the 60s, so it does predate everything here. But I actually found the modifications they did to her dress actually made it look a little bit more like Serenity's dress. And the bottom of her dress, interestingly, does actually look pretty much identical to Serenity's. Yeah. And I didn't realize as well, too, that a lot of the villains... That we see later on, their outfits are directly based off of some Haute Couture collections from the early 90s. So there's a Terry Mugler outfit that we'll see on Dark Lady, which is pretty much an exact replica Mm -hmm.
0: um
2: and then for some of the other villains there's a chanel like these are just they're they're flat out like you can tell that it is actually the real dress that's the inspiration like there's a there's another moogler for um hotaru there's a chanel dress that sailor pluto wears uh and then there's for one of the bad guys that i'm not familiar with because i've never gotten that far yet there is a christian Lacroix one
0: i was just gonna say there's another dress by terry moogler uh from 92 that uh was Mm -hmm. an inspiration for queen beryl and then if you go, I found this cool site. If you go down, uh, Calaveras, who I believe is Avery in the dub, had a Christian Lacroix. I think that might have been the one that you were talking about. That um, is the one, yes. Yeah. Terry Moogler, uh Katsy, or Cohen, uh, also was modeled after this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool, and also just like some manga, like just like she did, uh, Naiko Takayuchi did a lot of just art books of Sailor Moon characters. So it's not in uh context with the show, it's just them in pretty dresses. And there was a, like a Setsuna, Sailor Pluto in a beautiful Chanel dress, and mm. uh Sailor Saturn, Hotaru in another <clears throat> Terry Mugler. I don't know who Terry Mugler is, but apparently uh Nako Takuchi really liked her, him, her. <laughs> and
2: Terry Mugler yeah. was very big in that time uh very much so in the 80s and early 90s you don't hear as much now his perfume is amazing uh angel it's by far my all-time favorite so I highly recommend that if you're looking for a nice scent <laughs>
0: um so I'll try to remember to like link to this page or post some of these but there's a lot of really cool uh fashion mm-hmm. inspiration yeah um,
2: yeah it's I was really surprised that I didn't already know this but I did give myself a little bit of um, leeway also reminding myself as well too that when these came out the internet was very new and these would have been harder connections to make at that time had the show come out now I think I would have picked up on that a little bit sooner because mm-hmm. um, I have a deep love of fashion that goes way back and Oh yeah, uh, I was so excited to see the the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Christian Dior dress that Surianni's dress is based off. Because I've just always loved Surianni's dress. I've always just thought it was the prettiest dress um, mm-hmm. since the beginning. And then to see the actual inspiration of the real dress, like it's just stunning.
0: Yeah, I wonder if any if there's like a museum in Japan or something who uh, where they have maybe done like an art collection of these dresses in Sailor Moon. Oh, maybe. Rouge. If not, um, somebody should do that. Yeah, I would go I will go. It. I'll go. Well I would try if it was in Japan, that's a little bit harder. but if it's in uh, Canada or Ontario <laughs> specifically, <laughs> that would be a lot easier. <laughs> mm. um, so when we get to uh, the part where Sailor Moon wakes up, actually right before we get to that part. So when Mercury is doing her science mumbo jumbo and we don't know what she's talking about and uh, Jupiter has got Sailor Moon piggybacked. I distinctly remember in the dub <laughs> that mm-hmm. Jupiter is like, can we hurry up? She's getting heavy. Meh meh meh. And in this, there is none of that cattiness. They're all very yeah. concerned about Sailor yeah. Moon. Um it's... and like they I remember they... the
1: English, she she actually says she may be a princess, but she sure ain't light.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: I um i got to say, I loved the dub at the time, and I'm glad that I watched it, but it's really hard for me to watch it now as an adult, just seeing this trope of the cattiness of teenage girls getting played out. It is so, so, so very difficult to watch, and I wonder when they redid the dub a while ago, if they made it a little less
0: caddy or kept the same script, but it's so hard to watch. I know, it's like, I feel like there's a lot more empathy and compassion in the Japanese version than there mm-hmm. was in the translation. And I know that they're trying to go for Western culture and they're trying to make it funny um, and entertaining. But like, like you're saying, Karina, it's just mean. I'm like, this poor girl mm. has just had this horrifically traumatic experience of watching the guy, of realizing the guy she likes is this also this guy that saved her. Watching him get stabbed mm-hmm. Uh watching him basically die in her lap and then finally figuring out having this like surge of memories of past lives that she is a moon princess like and all you can say is oh I guess she's fat like it's just yeah Yeah.
2: and when she's unconscious yeah Mm -hmm. like yeah it's just you know for a show about friendship the dub really just played the girls against each other uh, I don't know if you'd get that now. I mean, this is ten years prior to Mean Girls coming out, which I think really dealt with that and kind of addressed it and called it out. So I wonder if we'd see that now. Like, I'm interested to go and watch Crystal eventually and see if that's played out, because it's not there, apparently, in the original manga.
0: Mm-hmm. So I really, really... Oh, go ahead.
1: It was, like, really sad to see, like, Usagi just be like, I just want none of this
2: anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I was about um, to say. And
1: Thanks I don't you. remember it being that
2: emotional in the English dub. It's not. I did go back and watch that clip for the original English dub, and she still very much has a breakdown. Her friends are actually supportive, but it's nowhere near as emotional as watching the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Because she's like, she's this is pretty big. She realizes that she has this past life, and I like totally understand when she's just like, okay, I may have a past life, but that has nothing to do with me now, and I
0: want nothing to ha- to do with this. Like yeah. she's
1: pretty, she's pretty burnt out.
0: Um, she, and she never wanted to be Sailor Moon in the first place. Like never, she, she didn't yeah. want to fight monsters. She wasn't looking for this. It was just kind of thrust upon her, and she eventually she took it in stride and you know she was starting to gain confidence and become better at it and accept it and suddenly this other giant weights dumped on her that she's also this princess mm-hmm. and she's what she's like i don't want to see she just saw mamoru get killed she thinks he's dead yeah. and she's like i don't want to see any of you guys get killed
2: which I think is fair. And I, I really like that that part of her empathy comes out again. I mean, because that really is just one of her strongest traits, that she's so empathetic and that she just can't see her friends get hurt. And we know, like, later on, they will
0: get hurt for her. Oh, yeah. Like, like a couple of minutes after this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and she's just... I, I She's 14. Like, we keep emphasizing this, but she is 14. Like, this know. is a lot... When I
2: think of myself at 14, oh my goodness, like, I couldn't have handled any of this. Like, I feel like Usagi, you know, call her a crybaby all you want, but I'm pretty sure she handles this
0: exactly how I would have at 14. And she is a crybaby, but she seems, when things get serious, in the Japanese version, in, in the North American it's different, but in the Japanese version, when things get serious, like, she's not sitting on the floor right now, burst into tears, she's genuinely like depressed and upset it's like mm-hmm. her crybabiness she, is more of like a, a personality trait that she kind of pulls out but it's not it is who she is but it's not her core like she's i don't yeah. know how to explain it
1: <laughs> it's like it's how she coping me- mechanism right she's mm-hmm. like she's just trying to cope but like she really like fought kunzite right there in the end right she's like well screw this I'm going to I'm gonna fight back when she's really yeah. pushed
0: to it, right? Yeah, so she is now, yeah, Once, as soon as she finishes this I don't want to fight anymore speech, Kunzai, who is pissed, shows up, takes out Jupiter and Venus, who are arguably the strongest, takes out Mars, and takes, I want to imagine it takes mm-hmm. two shots to take out Mercury, haha. And she's suddenly, this horror that she... Just seconds ago was like, I don't want to see this happen. It's happening in front of mm-hmm. her. And she steps up.
2: Yeah. Ah, uh, and I think she's that's one of the unbelievably things. Strong. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that so many people just love about the character that her initial reaction just isn't who she is. It's just that, her reaction. It's how it plays out for her. But when push comes to shove, like she's there and she's strong. But it's hard for her to find that in herself. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about Ray's reaction and that slap? Whew. Yeah, you can feel it. Yeah. Oh um, and let's note that the slap is cut out of the English Deke version. So yeah. in the English Deke version, because I did watch this as well too, um, Ray comes up, they cut out the slap, and then all of a sudden Usagi still has a red face. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know about you guys, but that slap was that was really hard for me to watch. I get where Ray's coming from, and I think my heart broke for Ray as well too in this episode and in the next one because when Serena, or sorry, Usagi starts saying to Ray like I'm not strong like you and Ray's looking at her with those tears coming out of her eyes and you just know like just because Ray's not saying it doesn't mean she's not feeling it. I mean, Ray's just found out that her boyfriend of quite some time is destined to be with someone else. Yeah. And could be dead.
0: Yeah. Yes. So she's going through all of these emotions as well, and in typical Ray fashion is the per, uh, the opposite of Usagi in a lot of ways. She's dealing it with her own way, which is silently suppressing it. Yeah. 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 But um, we also have to remember when Rey became Sailor Mars, she didn't actually actively seek out being it, but she, uh, she took to it a lot quicker and a lot She was like, Yes, this Mm -hmm. is awesome. I'm Sailor Mars. I can fight. Great. Uh, Which was basically the opposite of Sailor Moon's reaction when she became Sailor Moon. So I think that Mars is also having a hard time Mm -hmm. trying to figure out why Sailor Moon doesn't want this. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and
1: I'm wondering if Mars going to attack Kunzite when she does so is part of a strategy. Because she turns to Usagi and says to her, like, you have to take on your destiny. It's like she knows she really needs to sacrifice herself in that moment to get Usagi into gear.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, we've said it a lot of times, the relationship between uh, Usagi and Rei is complicated. But definitely more like sisters. I definitely see them as sisters more than buddies. Agreed. Like, they definitely care about each other the way you care about your siblings, even though they are opposites. Um, but when push comes to shove, they're there for each other. And I think that this whole part really emphasizes that, because even though, like Karina was saying, Ray is grieving for Mamoru as well, she's not saying anything. Like, what about me? She's trying to help Usagi and support her. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, because Ray really isn't taking her feelings out on anyone, I mean, except for that slap. Uh, although I think you're right, like, there's something too she's trying to literally have her snap out of the mood she's in by just giving her a jolt with the slap. I don't, I still don't think the slap's appropriate, but no, but yeah, you can kind of see is, where
0: she's coming from.
1: I mean, like, Ray, she's Ray's experiencing something. some anger, right? Yeah, and yes. I don't, again, 14 year old girl, I don't think she knows how to handle that. And when she experienced emotion, she doesn't experience sadness like Usagi does. She is fire.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, like the slap wasn't nice, but that is how she is handling it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then all of the Sailor Senshi get basically knocked out. And there is um, encouraging voices that you hear from each of them, right? To, like that Sailor mm-hmm. Moon hears. Which is really foreshadowing yes. for the end it of the is. season. So this is kind of like the mid-season finale. It's because uh, yeah. I was like, this is how all of the seasons end—is with them all spoilers with them all dying, um, yeah. and then coming back. We've... How many times can you be reincarnated?
1: Let's no, know. no, they're like knocked out, right? I don't. In think this
0: one, yes, but yeah.
2: Yeah. yes, yeah. but later In the on, the end of
0: the season, they basically die, <laughs> and then Sailor Moon resets time. Because that's the power of the silver crystal, and she brings nice. them all back. So they're not reincarnated the, at the end of the episode or at the end of the season; they're just kind of brought back from the dead. I have so no,
2: many questions about Yeah, of. I have so many questions about time being reset at the end of the season, but that we can save that for
0: later. Yeah, we'll get oh, yeah. to that at the end of the season.
2: <laughs> well,
1: we <laughs> even touch on time in this episode, which because Queen Serenity reincarnates them to this time because it's the most. Peaceful. So there's some time element there. Um, but then also, like, well, that was a screw up. How would you know? Did she know that this was the most peaceful time and then the villains came and disrupted it?
0: I, I am assuming that it's the silver crystal that gives them these, like, godlike powers to see backwards and forwards in time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, why she didn't see the attack coming, who knows? Right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I have to say, though, like, she was kind of on par there with the time i mean the 1990s were one of the more peaceful times that we had in the world well for north america at least maybe not so much elsewhere but i mean we didn't really have a lot of major conflict that i know actually no i'm sorry i'm thinking about history but here there was some but uh in iraq and such but there really wasn't a lot of the conflict that we'd had years before that like if we put into context things like world war ii um yeah yeah, definitely well, like
1: yeah. um, a peaceful then. time in Japan, which yes. is where they are. Yeah,
2: true. Yes,
0: and I, I also really like um, that Venus points out. Yes, we are. We have the memories, and we are re- reincarnated, but we are not those people. Our parents are our parents. You know, mm-hmm. we are us. Yeah, we are not them. We are us, even though we look identical.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, and
1: have the same roles (laughs) and are all together again well how do you know that they look identical because like these flashbacks are all like memories I don't know but that's getting
2: way
0: out there I'm just going based (laughs) on what they show us on the screen at this point Mm -hmm. and in which case they are identical (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to
2: take it at face value with Genevieve
0: yeah So then this episode ends with us figuring out that, well, I guess we already knew that Mamoru is not actually dead, but is being infused with dark energy. Ooh. Ooh. And Queen Beryl's standing up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a good infusion of dark energy is good for the boys.
2: Yep. I, I, I do wish that they had gone a little bit into why Queen Beryl is so driven to have Endymion there. Yes. Because otherwise... Why kidnap him?
0: Yeah, we saw in that previous episode that um, she recognizes Tuxedo Mask as Endymion when they were when Zoisite and he were fighting and his mask came off. So she obviously knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And we don't really get it in the anime. But like the whole reason she invades the Moon Kingdom is to destroy it so that she can have Endymion all to herself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best way to get someone's attention. Yeah. Obviously.
0: So way back in the golden age of the internet, when it was shiny and new, um, I made a bunch of Sailor Moon music videos with my iMac. I, really <laughs> I
2: remember those. Okay.
0: And awesome. one of them was to uh, Avril Lavigne's girlfriend. Yes. That's and I, I took them. the song as from Queen Beryl's point of view, like I don't like your girlfriend. <laughs> Is that it still might on YouTube? It still be on YouTube.
2: <laughs> I will That's look for amazing. that. I have to watch it. I'm going to see right now if that's still there, because I remember what your YouTube username was, because I remember watching that. Oh, yeah. That's totally appropriate, I think.
0: Now, the problem is, is that when I was making these videos, um, I couldn't create my own clips, so I basically just scavenged the internet for whatever clips I could find. So it's not perfect, but that's what I was going for. Nice. Was that it's, Queen, it's Queen Beryl singing at Sailor Moon, or singing at... Endymion, I don't like your girlfriend. You're better up with me. <laughs>
2: Apparently searching for 19-year-old videos on YouTube is not as easy as I thought it was.
0: Oh, I think my username is Queen Azura. You can just search for that.
2: Oh, I was looking up a different name. That's probably not helping. What
0: name are you looking up? Mazembria. Oh, no, that one's that's a newer name. A newer new name. No, it's Queen Azura. Now I'm looking too Oh yep it's still there 13 years ago There's also pictures of my 13 year old cat When he was a kitten
2: Aww.
0: Um, Which all of the views on those I think are me
2: <laughs> I think you're going to have to link this on the
0: Instagram Jeez, I've had a thousand views on this <laughs> This 13 year old video Well
2: I nice. clicked on it at least a hundred
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did a couple There's one to Mad World There's one for Lightning Crashes Move Along Wow, I did a lot. Help, story of a girl, bring me to life. Boy, anyway. Wow,
2: if that isn't just early 2000s.
0: <laughs> the things I did 13 years ago. All right, anything else we want to say about this episode before we uh, move on to our snack break? It no, was well, really I guess
2: good.
1: It was a good episode. It's yeah. really mm-hmm.
0: good. Hits you right in the feels. It mm-hmm. did. There's a lot of feels in this episode. I do want to touch
2: on something we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten about the songs in the English dub. And as much as I bashed the English dub today, I do have to give it points for its music because oh. you're right. Going back and re listening to My Only Love.
0: I it's love beautiful. My Only Love. Yeah, Yeah. the
2: music for that show that they created for North America, it's so simple, but the lyrics really work. And it's, I mean, the fact that they're 25 years old and I still remember these songs. Yeah, it was, Mm -hmm. um, I I would highly recommend for anyone like myself who hasn't listened to them, go back and revisit them. They're quite enjoyable. When we get to the end of the season with Carry
0: On. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good one, too. Mm -hmm. yeah i um i still sing my only love in the shower
2: (laughs) yeah uh i mean they're nice they're simple songs they're easy to sing but they're you know the english job really got those right and i really enjoyed
0: it so i highly recommend going and listening to those yeah i agree all right let us move on to our snack break tracy you want to tell us a bit more about this stuff we're gonna eat
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay, so we are making Hanami... Well, we made this morning Hanami Dango. Uh, and I think that this is really appropriate for these episodes, especially with the next one that we go into, where Usagi's contemplating changing up her hairdo. Um, because, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, these are what inspired her meatball... Not, I guess not meatball head. That's the English version. Her bun head nickname from um, Mamoru. So Hanami Dango is um, traditionally three colors, so a pink um, mochiko ball and a white one and a green one. And um, Hanami means flower viewing. So even though they're popular in Japan year-round, they are most popular during the cherry blossom viewing season. And the the recipe we found... um, mixed mochiko flour with, um, tofu, which I thought was really interesting. I, I didn't know how well it would mix together, but it really came together pretty seamlessly. How about hmm. you, Genevieve? Did it?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was really easy to make. Um, I could not find matcha powder, which is super weird. Um, honestly, I didn't look too hard, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> so I made all of mine strawberry flavored cause I found strawberry powder. Um, Gotta say, if you're going to do it with just strawberry powder, maybe add a little bit of food coloring to give it a bit a better color because mine looks like uncooked chicken. And it feels like uncooked chicken when I poked it with my finger and now I'm a little bit wary to eat it. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) But at least you know there is not actually chicken in it.
0: Yes, because I made it myself. Mm I need
1: a pink one, a white one, which is... So the pink one had strawberry flavoring. Which I just used yes. Nesquik.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and then the white one is just like the plain mochiko. That's good. And then the green, I did a green one with matcha because I have a cupboard
0: full of matcha. Uh, so, so while we give to give these a try, Karina, do you want to talk about your snack?
2: Yeah, so I did something a little bit different. Um, I picked up some lychee candy from t uh, it is a candy straight from Japan. Uh, I love these candies. I, the TNT that's in my area is right by, well, when I am working in office, right by my work. So I used to pick these up to enjoy at work. So it's been quite some time because I've been working from home now for six months. Um, I just, I love this candy. It's a hard candy. The flavor is delicious. Uh, I can't think of anything I'd say that it's similar to for a North American candy, just any kind of typical hard candy, but they are Really tasty. Uh, we don't really see much in North America in a lychee flavor, so it's nice to have a little bit of a different flavor. So. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to have these back in my life again. I highly <laughs> recommend them, and I can't I think if you like anything kind of apple flavor. I mean, lychee is not quite the same,
0: but it's kind of in that flavor family. Okay, so first impressions of the dango. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I really did not like mochi that much, and I was worried mm-hmm. this was going to taste like that. Um, it's still kind of play playdohy, but it's more like, um, like almost like a donut flavor. Mm. It's like a, I don't know, like because you boil them,
1: which I think is a little different from the mochi, which is steamed. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it is a very similar texture. So I've tried the strawberry one and the um, plain one, and I'm, I actually like the plain one. I was surprised; I thought I would want more flavor.
0: I think I need more flavor in mine. It's vaguely strawberry flavored. Mhm. Mm. It's not bad. I only made a um, half recipe because I didn't know how much it was going to make or if I was going to like it. But mm. I, I might make this again. Mm.
2: These lychee candies, they're definitely as good as I remembered. <laughs> I might have to make another special trip to TNT. <clears throat> so, just-
1: so, like... Dango comes in, like, a variety of different flavors and types. Mm. but I'm, So I'm looking it up on the YouTube page. Uh, not the YouTube, the Wikipedia page. And there's one called Yaki Dango, which looks like, essentially, you take the dango and then you grill it. Which I think I might mm. do for, like, a different flavor for the rest of my dango balls. Just to see. Because even though they are really, they're really, like, chewy... Oh, yeah. I'm very lightly flavored. Again, even though I added the matcha powder to the green one, it's not very flavorful. <clears throat> oh, it's stuck it's in my throat. Sh- it's sweet um, and has definitely has that rice flavor that's very popular in a lot of Asian desserts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't really taste like the matcha, the green ones
0: anyways. Okay, I might save one for Brent. I don't know if he wants to eat it, but... Um... I might save it. If not, I'll eat it. I honestly didn't think I was going to like these. Um, but I do. They're not bad. I mean, I don't think they're my favorite thing we've had on the show, but. um And you really got to not think about chicken when you're eating them.
1: <laughs> but they're not yeah, bad. Yeah, I guess yours came out like a very, very light pink.
0: Yeah. So kind it of. Did exactly with like raw chicken. chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's not an appetizing connotation. (laughs) I added like a drop of
1: red food coloring just to give it like a little more color and so I can't, I don't have to associate mine with chicken. Hmm. But they were good.
0: I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Not bad. I might try it again. Like you said, maybe we'll try it grilled or um, maybe I'll add a bit more flavoring Mm. because it's Very, very faintly
1: strawberry. I do love my sticky rice Um, um, desserts, though. So it's just not like I'm used to like a sweeter sticky rice dessert than this one, which only called for. So the recipe called for it was 90 grams of um, rice flour, 100 grams of silken tofu and 50 grams of sugar. And even then I added 65 grams of sugar because I like mine sweet. (laughs) And it's still like very mild in sweetness
0: yeah maybe i should have added more sugar Mm -hmm. um now i have i so i did a half recipe um and now i don't know what to do with all this tofu and rice flour because i still have a lot
1: we can (laughs) do more recipes um with the rice flour the tofu you probably need to eat a little bit sooner than the next time we make them but i do like tofu with a little bit of maple syrup and chopped fruit it's pretty good
0: I was thinking about smoothies. I'll have to get some recipes for you guys after the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Not bad. So dongo thumbs up. Lychee candy. Thumbs up to them. Yeah. Two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we ready to move on? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we're moving into episode 36. We are so close to the end. Um, Usagi's confusion, is Tuxedo Mask evil?
1: I mean, like, okay, so...
0: The Japanese
1: (laughs) titles are... They're so bad for spoilers. It's like they don't... It's like the Japanese don't understand what good suspense is. Let's (laughs) just put what's going to happen in the episode in the title.
2: Which Mm -hmm. is funny, because when I think of Japanese movies, I think of horror movies. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think those are just the ones that are like made Canada, like made
0: in North America because
1: like the ring was redone
0: mm-hmm. yeah you have a horror movie and the title is the person who did it
2: yeah. yes uh, I love a spoiler I'm all for having everything spoiled so <laughs> I don't mind the titles and in all fairness as well too this stuff's been out for 20 plus years so
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes but
1: when it did come out, in Dece- on December twelfth, in nineteen ninety two, people were like, "Oh, is he evil? Well,
2: I guess we'll find out in this episode." I guess he's <laughs> alive.
0: <laughs> well, we knew he was alive from the last episode because he's in his uh, easy bake oven. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's easy getting a tan. Oven. He's getting mm. an evil sun. His evil sunbed or uh, <laughs> tanning bed. Uh, so this this episode is all in the fields too. It starts off. Usagi Mm -hmm. obviously being very depressed uh, that uh, Mamoru is gone. She's getting nightmares about her past life. And, uh, you know, she's just being very sad and quiet. Um, Oh, go ahead. This
1: is like the first time we kind of see Luna feel sorry for her. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I thought was... Interesting for Luna, um, but then really good because Luna's kind of been a
2: bitch to her this whole time, yeah. And I was when I went and looked at some of the comparisons of this series to the manga, and apparently, in the manga, like Musagi and Luna have a really nice, supportive relationship that's very much a friendship and isn't combative like they are in here,
0: yeah. I don't know what their choice, their ideas were for Luna. I mean, I think we kind of talked about it before where in mm-hmm. the North American dub, Luna seems to be the older, wiser uh, kind of guide. But in the anime, it's almost like she's a 14-year-old girl, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But one who has a job that she doesn't like.
1: <laughs> I don't know if she doesn't like not like her job, but it's definitely not an easy one. Trying to like corral five teenagers around,
0: yeah. Definitely, not. I mean, we all have management experience. Um, Luna's the manager, <laughs>
2: <laughs> pretty but much, she's trying to, yeah, I think so. Oh, Petra, don't eat the dango. Uh, I think it one of like the chicken, things that but it's not. Yeah, one of the things that Genevieve and I discussed while we were watching this episode yesterday as well too was um, there's a lot of parallels in this episode between in Buffy when Angel goes bad. And one of the things that we came up with that we'd stumbled across was someone trying to compare the Giles character in Buffy to to Luna, which I personally disagree with. Oh, yeah. I can see why someone would try to make that, but Giles very much acted like a peer with a bit more experience whereas luna for some reason is always trying to direct them even though she doesn't really know what's going on herself Mm -hmm. definitely in the
1: japanese dub whereas in the english i think she was a little bit more like she had it together a little bit more and maybe it was that accent they gave her that made us think like ooh, is she british i don't know british people are smart
2: exactly (laughs) Uh, my family's British and I can tell you that's not always the case
1: (laughs) (laughs) but like okay in North America that accent gives you like a little bit of extra
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so I really want to talk about the scene where all of the girls except for Usagi Mm -hmm. are sitting around talking about um, Usagi and what had happened um, and how Usagi is feeling
2: with her back to everybody
0: yeah Oh,
2: that, you know, I never liked Ray when I watched the show the first go around, but I've got a lot more compassion for her watching this now and just how heartbroken she is. And when she says to the girls that she understands exactly what Usagi is going through, because she's going through it, too. Oh, it
0: broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Makoto is really the only one who acknowledges what Ray is kind of feeling which
1: is surprising. Well, I thought for sure that Ami would have said something too because
2: they're friends. Like I thought that too, but Ray also very much has created this dynamic where she doesn't open up and she has her back to them. So I think for Ami, she's pretty much just picking up on she's not ready to talk about it yet.
1: That's true. Yeah.
2: yeah, but that then was also, I was gonna say like
1: Makoto kind of gets heartbreak right? Because oh, yeah. we That's see time face. and time again, she's just like, oh, he's just like the guy that broke my heart, right? Yeah. So she gets that.
0: Yeah. And also, I, I kind of, <clears throat> I didn't really pay too close attention in the episode. If I go back and watch it again, I will. But I feel like from that point, where where Motoko says sorry to Ray, she kind of watches out for her, and it comes again later at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't take notes, so I can't remember exactly what she said, but basically Basically, Motoko reaches out to to Ray and is offering her some support. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and yeah, because I think she just realizes that Ray is okay to hear it from her and that she can actually be supportive. It's yeah, yeah. I just my heart broke for Ray. It's I don't remember the English dub getting into this too much or addressing it at all, or maybe I just was so young I didn't notice.
0: Yeah, I don't remember it either.
2: Also,
1: like, in the English dub, she makes it very clear. Like, it's almost like it's more clear that she just lets him go. Because when they come up and right after Tuxedo Mask has been stabbed and she sees them together, she says, I guess they were meant to be long before Darian and I. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just gets dropped after that point. At least that's how I remember it being in the English translation.
2: Yeah, I yeah. don't remember her getting any closure at all at any point in this. I mean, he basically gets almost killed after being it's identified who he really is from a past life. Like, she never gets a conversation with him. Like, she tries to have one, but she never gets that closure. Like, it's just yeah. done without actually having a finality to it. Yeah, well, I guess,
1: like, her memories. I don't know. What I'm really upset about is that we don't get to see how the other Sailor Scouts react to their new memories.
0: Yeah, it's all about. Uh, I mm. mean, we, ba- we we yeah, we don't really. It's all about about Usagi, and then we get a little bit of of uh, Ray's grief, and then the other, the rest of them are just like, how can we help Usagi? Yeah,
2: but, I mean, which is. It, is- is it as jarring for the others, though? I mean, you know, Venus seems to have really accepted it when she's saying in the previous episode, like, our parents are our parents in this life. Like, that's just what happened then. Like, they just don't have the same stakes as uh, Rei and Usagi have at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they don't really go much into the background of what the Sailor Senshi did in on the Moon Kingdom. It's all about the princess and the prince.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I guess it is kind of complicated because they are reincarnated. So they're not exactly who they were before. So mm-hmm. what does that mean for their current lives? So Saugi wants to, like, cast it off like it wasn't even a thing. She wants to live her current life. And then Ray, who is currently dating uh, Mamoru, mm-hmm. is wondering how that fits into their lives.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas the other people are like, well, this is my new life, and that was my past. There isn't anything that kind of crosses the borders between exactly. that past life and the new yeah.
0: life. Other than mm. the fact that they can change into Senji and, and fight and have magical powers. But other which than that, nothing crosses over.
2: Yeah, which they've already been doing for quite some time and have already accepted that. So yeah. that's not really anything new.
0: Yeah. I guess for them, it's more like, oh, that's why I can transform. Okay, cool.
2: Mm. <laughs> i mean because for the rest of them they have the same dynamic with usagi that they did with princess serenity like oh we're here to protect you we're your guardian mm-hmm. yeah. so nothing's really changed for them other than they have some additional memories of someone else that they were at one point
0: point. and up to this point they've been uh protecting um sailor moon whether like subconsciously or not before they even knew she was the princess they've always been protecting mm-hmm. sailor moon and well, they've other. always
1: protected each other, right? Yeah. And that's what they continue to do.
0: Yeah. Um, I absolutely 100% love that uh, Minako just shows up at Usagi's house and mm. is, like, going to brush her hair and try to make her feel better. And Okay, that's I mean, creepy I- that she just walked in, though. What the hell? Oh, that. but that's Minako. And you gotta kind of think about it. Yeah, it it is. She's not been around for that long. Like, she doesn't have that long relationship that Ami and and Usagi have, or even Rei and Usagi. Mm -hmm. Or even Makoto and and Usagi. Like, she's just Mm -hmm. shown up. She's been there for, like, a week. And she feels like she's already got this connection with Usagi where she's like, I know that she needs somebody right now, so she goes over Mm -hmm. to help out. Mm -hmm. And, I mean... I don't know, one of the reasons I love going to get my hair done is because I love people brushing my hair. It's Mm -hmm. very relaxing and it's very soothing. And I love the way that they shot that scene of Usagi with her eyes closed and Minako smiling and brushing her hair. Like, you can just kind of almost see Mm -hmm. the tension coming out of Usagi. And I thought that was just so sweet. It's exactly what she needed right then because she was Mm -hmm. so stressed out. Mm -hmm.
2: Agreed. I just love Minako's kindness. It's just... It's so sweet to see, and it's not something the show usually has a lot of time to, but it's just so needed for Usagi at this point, and it's just so sweet to see.
0: Yeah, and they, they often, in the dub, they often made Minako kind of like a ditzy airhead. They didn't really give her much personality, um, and I, I'm i hoping, because again, she's still very new, that in the Japanese one, she's, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that is her person, that's her her part of the group, is that she's the compassionate one. hmm but also a super fierce fighter. Yeah. She's, yeah. She is kick ass in the manga. She gets a freaking sword. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think <laughs> yep. that she is the strongest of the Sailor Senshi right now. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah, I would say that she's the strongest, and then uh, Jupiter, and then Mars, and then unfortunately Mercury, who's my favorite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And who talks like a, a drunk
0: scientist? And yeah. then if we take the X quotient and put it over there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, um, can we talk again as well? Why are people still going to these businesses that are opening up for free? Why? Why? Why has no one learned their lesson yet? <laughs> it's so true. So and I you- like want to talk about Okay, so
1: sometimes when you're in downtown Toronto, they give away, like, free samples and snacks of, like, stuff you never want to eat, but they're, like, giving it away, and I take them. I will cross the street, I will grab some, and then I'll, like, be like, oh, I'm lost, and then go back and then grab more (laughs) snacks, because it's a free service. (laughs) Okay,
0: but if every single time you did that, you were unconscious and woke up Mm. in a ditch somewhere, would you keep doing it? (laughs) If it was free, no, I'm just kidding.
2: I mean, so I'm going to give Soggy a little bit of leeway here because she's not in her right mind. Monaco seems to be new to town, so maybe she doesn't know this is a bad idea. She is this why they go? Because...
1: Naru should know. She's just like, look, it's like a free hair salon. Naru's yeah. been caught up in every single Juban yeah. scre- scheme. And she's just like,
2: well, it's free, let me go. Like when, oh, is, yeah, Naru, how does she not know by this point? She is oh yeah, so sweet, so... but how does she not know?
0: Let's see, Naru's, uh, <laughs> Nar, I have the list of Naru's trauma. So, <laughs> father got changed into a monster and gave away uh, their family, um, the the goods in their family store for free or discounted. Uh, she got a free flower brooch, energy mm-hmm. drained. She got went to a free gym, energy drained. Joined a free talent show, energy drained. <laughs> becomes a model energy drain. Like, I'm just skipping through. Like, How is there more
2: to this list?
1: <laughs> There's more. I think we're on 14 or 15 traumatizations of Naru. 11, 12, 13.
0: 13. 13. Come on, Naru. It ended with episode
2: than this. Yeah. She just is an eternal optimist, isn't she? Like, she just thinks, maybe this business is legit.
0: She's like, well, well it can't possibly be every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are the odds of this happening for the 15th time? Like, come on, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? I is. gotta give I gotta give the Dark Kingdom credit. This is actually a pretty good way to figure out who Sailor Moon is.
2: It is, yeah. but Jedi tried to tell Beryl very early on. This
0: is oh, not yeah. new information.
2: Why is Beryl all of a sudden so convinced she needs to know this information?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Jedi knew, and Nephrite knew, and she was like, "I don't care. You're dead." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but now she needs to know.
1: I don't know. I feel like her priorities are out of whack right now
2: because
0: she's got her boy toy. <laughs> she's like, now she's I need just... to get rid of the boy of the girlfriend so the boy toy can be all mine. Exactly. So this
2: is just busy work so she can get some alone time with Endymion. I think so. <laughs> oh, She's like, here, go figure out who she is. Okay, bye. <laughs> we need oh, well, some there's... space kunzite okay I'll buy that one
0: there's an interesting idea so Endymion is brainwashed and can't control his actions Beryl obviously has the hots for him <laughs> hmm how far mm-hmm. do you think they go
2: <laughs> I don't want to know
0: <laughs> nope
2: me neither <laughs> don't want to know
0: uh, I never thought about that till now no nope.
2: let's not go there That's adding layers I don't need.
0: Okay, fair enough. So
1: what is the likelihood? I want to talk about how, okay, so Minako brushes Usagi's hair and then brushes her own hair after. Like, what is the likelihood of the hair, the one hair on her head? This monster scans is the one that fell off of Usagi's hairbrush.
0: Yeah, and why is it only scanning one strand of hair? Why doesn't it scan, like, I don't know, five, you know? Just to make sure. Yeah, like, what's their margin of error here? If they only scanned one hair, (laughs) odds are if I went to that salon, they'd be like, well, she's a cat. (laughs) Because I think uh, some days I have more cat hair on me than my hair.
2: (laughs) Mm, I'll give them, yeah, I think these are valid points. I'll give them a pass there, though. Maybe they just were scanning overall. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll give this one a pass.
0: Because I'd still grief-stricken and he's just like, I don't care, use a freaking hair salon! I don't give it <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm thinking it would have
1: made more sense if he accidentally picked up Venus's hair from the battle
0: which would have been more likely that would have made more sense and then yeah
2: because
0: mm-hmm. I mean they do have basically the same hair and then do. he was he thought it was Sailor Moon's hair and mm, that would make more sense
2: yeah yeah, I'll give that one a go. I think that's a good one. Um, and can we, I just feel so bad for Soggy. Like she just can't get a break with self care. <laughs> no, she can't. Like, like there's no downtime. Like she can't. She can't sleep. She can't. I, just, I feel bad for her. Um, yeah, like she just every can't time get she a break. goes on
1: vacation, there's some monster to thwart. Oh, I have a question.
2: So. She was going in for a new hairstyle. Had this have not been an evil negaverse plan, do we think she would have actually gotten a new one?
0: Or would she have chickened out? Jin, when she transforms into Sailor Moon, does that, like, destroy that hairstyle?
1: Agreed. Okay, (laughs) to answer Genevieve's question, I think it wouldn't destroy her Sailor Moon persona. Just because, like, that's a transformation into Sailor Moon. Kind of like when she uses the the transform pen, she gets all kinds of different crazy that's hair. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that makes fair. Sense. I will buy that. Yeah. Okay. Good but job. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she would have done. I don't. I think she might have chickened out because that's just the kind of person
0: she is.
2: I think she would have too. I'm glad. Or she, she wouldn't have gone.
0: That. Or she wouldn't have gone that drastic. Like maybe her long pigtails would have been slightly shorter. But she mm-hmm. still would have the same hairstyle.
1: No, I think, like, she would have come, she would have, like, been, like, do this to my hair, and then they do, like, the whole makeover thing, and then she comes out, and she thinks to herself, like, wow, I look so different. But to everyone
0: else, she looks exactly the same. Yeah, kind of like when I go to the hair, so. Yeah,
2: that's exactly. kind of like. It's kind of like when I go too, I mean, I had my quarantine cut and I hadn't had my hair cut (laughs) over a year, over a year by that point. And it was down to my butt to the point that I actually did my hair like Sailor Moon one day and set the picture Genevieve for fun. And I cut off eight inches. My hair is still long. It's still long. People don't realize I've cut my hair and I cut off eight inches because it was just that long. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah so that's what have hap- what would have happened to Sagi. she would have been like it's it's new and it's fresh and it would have been exactly the same
0: yeah
2: um i have to say her hair has got to be so 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 painful i mean it's essentially down to her ankles
0: i i, assume I hear- that she she doesn't have a like it's not like me i have thick hair so it's heavy i assume she just has very thin hair
2: i don't I mean, her hair's definitely not as thick as Monaco's is for when we see it down. Um, and when we see Monaco later on dressing up as Sailor Moon and her hair's up, it's definitely not as thick, but it's still pretty thick. Like when I actually did like the Sailor Moon hairstyle with my hair, like I have thick hair and it still was nowhere near as full as Sailor Moon's is. And like how was your neck after that? <laughs>
1: Cuz like wouldn't it be heavy to always carry that the weight of that hair?
0: Oh yeah. It, that's why it, I, what, I never like, wear my that's why I never wear my hair in a ponytail. It's too heavy.
2: Yeah, it was my hair was so painful before I got it cut this past summer because it was just so long. I was also having trouble keeping it out of the toilet, which is just awkward. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't put it up in a ponytail. Like the only thing I could do pretty much was two braids because one braid would put too much weight on one area and was just too painful and two braids took forever to do because there was just that much hair uh mm. so
0: yeah i don't know how she's fighting evil with all this hair right yeah it's magic it's magic hair yeah. um so getting back to the episode a bit um mm-hmm. we're back to the monster of the week so you know there's a yuma blah and then she's about to heal the yuma and mm. all of a sudden a rose shows up and then the rose turns black. And oh my god. Poor Usagi. She's uh-huh. just so happy Tuxedo Mask is alive. <clears throat> and then. He, he's evil. And she's just so confused. <laughs> I'm like. Oh you poor thing.
1: Yeah just- I mean it is really confusing for her. Um, Also like. How did they brainwash him so quickly?
0: It's the tanning bed. Oh right.
1: Yeah. I guess that's a very effective tanning bed.
2: Evil tanning bed.
0: Evil tanning bed.
2: Mm. Yeah, this is where my heart broke again. Like, my heart was just so sad yesterday watching these two episodes. Don't get me wrong. They're still great episodes. I love them. Oh, yeah. But it was it was hard to watch. And this was the part to me that I really started thinking about that parallel in Buffy in season two when Angel turns evil and how confused Buffy is. And I really wish I could find out if, this, if Joss Whedon was inspired by this because... I feel like Sailor Moon is something he would have been inspired by, but this wouldn't have come out in North America too much before.
1: Well, it came out in 1995, and then Mm -hmm. Buffy originally came out in 1997. But what season does Angel go?
2: In the second. So it would have been like late 97, early 98. So this would have come first. So he it's And I feel like this possible. is something he would have seen because we know he's into comic books. But right. I also feel at the same time, though, that Buffy predates Sailor Moon, if we look at the original movie. And he's mm-hmm. a very creative person that I don't feel really does need to borrow from other things. So I'd be surprised to hear him borrowing from something. But this was just so similar to me.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't even know, when you I
2: think. Like, when okay. you think of Angel, like he's just he's this taller, older guy, he, with darker hair than her. Like like to physically describe Angel is kind of similar to describing Mamoru.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering if there's other other um storylines or other stories out there that have this same idea, like this trope of the boyfriend gone evil.
0: Oh, I'm mm. sure there is.
1: Yeah, well, so I don't think it's completely new. A new concept
0: no mm. but yeah no, no, it, is, it is a lot like it is very uh to, to have to see them close like so close in time and so it is very coincidental if it is a coincidence mm. yeah.
2: and it's I know for Joss Whedon he's described that for Buffy that his inspiration behind that was just wow. young women going and having like their first sexual encounter and then having their boyfriend after he's or this uh, the boy after he's gotten what he's wanted just changing his personality and how he carries himself whereas that's not super similar to circumstances here but it's played out very similarly after
0: yeah hmm
1: i'm not Mm -hmm. sure so i I find like what tuxedo mask says at the end very interesting because Mm he he's all he always has those like fortune cookie sayings but he says to them that a woman's friendship can fall apart like a flower in the breeze and i thought yeah. that was very interesting because
2: it's almost like he's trying to tear them apart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which i mean is a pretty good plan if you're trying to defeat them yeah <laughs> yeah they're a team so if they're not functioning as a team and you're putting something to divide them it makes sense also, like if you watch flowers in a meadow in a breeze,
1: they can handle it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, it's only if you like have like a tornado. <laughs> I mean, I don't put too much stock into anything he says. I mean exactly as you've called it many a time, like it's fortune cookies. And I joke with Genevieve when we were watching uh, this. I said, Oh look, he's moved from fortune cookies to bad tarot readings. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: exactly it. <laughs> See, now when I heard when I heard his little fortune cookie speech, I almost thought that he was like a he was it was part of his old self warning them. And he was like, yeah, girls, you there's a storm coming. You need to stay together. And maybe he wasn't completely turned yet. Like he had enough to, but I don't know if that makes sense or not. I can see that. That's the reason with fortune cookies is you can read them lots of different ways. Or tarot for that matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
2: I, I do think it's so
0: sweet, though, how happy Usagi is to see him
2: alive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean like it really changes her Completely like she's back to her Old like excited mm -hmm. Happy self but it's not The same reaction Ray has She's still very disappointed
2: Well I mean it doesn't Matter if he's back or not Ray knows She's lost
0: him
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: So I feel really bad for Ray
0: Yeah it's super bittersweet For Ray like she's super happy that he's not Dead but um, Again like you said she's never gonna have What she had before with him Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. which
1: is a lot of like ignored phone calls and bad dates. So, um, yeah, he was a lousy
2: boyfriend.
0: He was was also
2: mooning after the moon princess the whole time while he's dating her.
0: And that's, I think, I can't remember exactly what she says, but that's when Mako kind of steps in and and offers some comfort to to Mm Ray. Yeah. But I don't feel like Usagi's happiness uh, at the end is it feels forced. Like she's still very upset because he's evil, but. I, I don't feel, feel like she's quite back to her old self yet.
1: No, I don't I don't think so, but I guess we'll have to see in the next episode.
2: Yeah, how she reacts. No, I, yeah, I agree. I definitely don't think she's back to her old self. I think she's just holding on to whatever hope she can see and seeing him still alive even though he's evil.
0: Mm-hmm. It, there is some hope. Yeah. And this is the uh, first appearance of uh, Venus's transformation. Hmm. Yes, I love her lots transformation. Of, lots so of stars. Funky.
2: Yeah, so
0: pretty. I mean, she's so pretty. Uh, yeah, and that's uh episode thirty-six. Anything else we want to say about this one? I'm just excited for the next one. Like, I just
2: we're in such a good place for the show where everything's really picking up for the plot and the season and none of the episodes feel filler now. Like everything's happening for a reason and I'm just really excited for the rest of the season. I think
1: one thing I want, I noticed is the animation in this episode. It's almost like it got a lot more detailed Like, when you see the expression on Minako's face when she's, like, Mm -hmm. struggling to get up to transform, Mm -hmm. Um, or that sequence when she's, like, brushing Usagi's hair, it's it's a lot more detailed and vivid than a lot of the earlier episodes. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying the style of it now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel almost like we're back at starting again because the first chunk of the episodes was Usagi dealing with being Sailor Moon and now I think we've moved into the episodes of Usagi dealing with being the Moon Princess and uh mm-hmm. it's different from the first chunk because she, now she's also got her support group already in place but we're kind of like we're definitely into the second half of the season mm-hmm. which there's only like 10 episodes left <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Which I'm still confused by that we did such a build up to get here. And then I wouldn't say rush it, but it just moves at so much of a steady
0: pace now as opposed to the slow build before. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All
0: right. Um, So, yes, those were episodes uh, 35 and 36. Um, Next time I did I close the Internet browser? I got to look to see what the next two episodes are, because that's what I do. Talking while I look it up. Okay, so <laughs> stay tuned to uh, uh, to our next episode where we are going to talk about episode thirty seven. Let's become a princess. Usagi's bizarre training, and nice. episode thirty eight: the snow, the mountains, friendship, and monsters. <laughs>
1: the <laughs> um, Japanese and their titles, right? That's that's kind
0: of awesome. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so if you want to find us online, uh, we have our Instagram page at Sailor Stacking. Uh, you can also find us uh, through the True North Nerds web or podcast. So, truenorthnerds.com, truenorthnerds at gmail.com, or the True North Nerds Facebook group. We would really appreciate hearing from you. Who's out there? Are you listening? Are you enjoying it? Things you want to add? Any comments you have? Um, we love feedback. <laughs> um, so yeah, until next time, thanks for listening. And thanks for being on the show again, Karina. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and uh we'll see you next time. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.